D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. It is a uh, Tuesday evening. We are minutes away from a very interesting USL match, Las Vegas. Go lights tonight. Um, D. Smith, happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday, Jordan, and good to see that you uh... – Appear to have visited a Sport Clips location before our most recent appearance on the SD Loyal Facebook page this previous Saturday night, pre and post match, before watching SD Loyal take down Orange County Soccer Club. So, beat kudos down. to you on that. Beat them down. Had a week. What a week for SD Loyal. My goodness. This is virgin territory for us. We've not had a week like this ever. They whooped that ass. They whooped the ass of the two clubs that they needed to whoop ass on, starting with Los Dos Wednesday night and then whooping that ass from Orange County right back up the five freeway in the Irvine. Yeah, um, I appreciate the sport clip. Shout out. I did. I did get a haircut. Two on the side, blended coming towards the top. Clean it up. You know how it goes, and you're ready to roll. That's the haircut of sport clips for me. Love that. Had to look yeah. good, man. Had to be impressed. Had to be impressive. Everybody was impressive there. What a night. Well, I feel like I needed Saturday to look good night. because Loyal looks so good, you know? Like, I feel like I needed to kind of, like, live up to what they're doing. Everything can be ripped away with uh, one slip, one draw, one loss last week. It felt like everything was going to get ripped away when it comes to playoffs for San Diego Loyal. And um, the complete opposite happened. They, they, they go 5-0 on aggregate. They take care of business against L.A. They take care of business against Orange County. Darren, I, I hate that I always keep – I always go back to this, but it's a huge storyline in Group E. The fact that Phoenix was added the, the night before um, everything was announced obviously completely changed everything. Think about what this group would look like after the week we just had if Phoenix wasn't even in this group. If they were in group whatever with New Mexico or whoever they would have been with, that would have been a week where we're like, all right, you're top of the table. But still clearly a very impactful, impactful week for SD Loyal. And it sets the stage for a lot of fun with a couple matches to go against against Phoenix. It was just a lot of fun last week. You're kind of, you, you saw the goals, the defense continued, like every, everything went well, like everything went well. It was a really just fun week to be a loyal supporter, huh? Well, here is uh, here's the best way that I could probably put this, Jordan, to your point. We are recording on a Tuesday night and the Padres and the Dodgers just started play a little while ago. Incredibly important, compelling baseball for the first time in San Diego in about a decade. There is always a curiosity about a game seven in the NBA with the Clippers potentially choking away a three to one lead. We'll see. We won't be done with this podcast by the time that result is out. And maybe the sporting event I'm most looking forward to tonight is Las Vegas lights taking on LA galaxy two at the future home for San Diego state football in Carson, California at Dignity Health Sports Park because I'm engaged in what's going on, not just because we work there and have gotten a chance to know the people who are running the show and gotten a chance to know the players, but because they make you feel like this is very, very possible. I think it's such a credit. I think it's such great inspiration for SD Loyal, which still – very much faces long odds to get into the postseason to not bail on this inaugural goofy pandemic shortened season where you can't have any fans 
You can't have your supporters in the building. And instead of just saying, yeah, all right, well, we got our feet wet. We know we'll lay in the land a little bit in this league. No, no, we're bringing in Miguel Berry. We're bringing in Alejandro Guido. We're bringing in Rubio Rubin. We're bringing in Tarek Morad. So, you know, I, I will say, like, I find myself inspired by the way they've decided to approach this final stretch of the 2020 inaugural season. I, and I mean that. I know it sounds very hokey, but I think we've all learned a little something about SD Loyal, that you know, this is not a club that is going to raise the white flag just because the deck is stacked against it. Yeah, so uh, we have spent the last couple of pre-match shows and really post-match shows talking about the, the new additions, like the changes with the roster. And Miguel Barry clearly has been center stage. We've, we put a huge spotlight on him. Um, Alejandro Guido, we put a huge spotlight on. He comes through, he scores a brace. We've talked about Rubio Rubin. We've talked about Morad. We've talked about um, just all these new players coming in, making an immediate impact. And to me, like one of my big takeaways, and I kind of referenced this on social media after the, the match on Sunday night, was all these players who are coming in, like Barry, like Guido, who have both scored braces now and have completely just changed how everyone feels about the club, um, offensively, that is. You know, like they, they still continue to shine the spotlight back on players that have been with, with the club since March 7th, you know, like Charlie Adams, Colin Martin, specifically when we chatted with Miguel Barry, he, I mean, he scores two goals, um, magnificent goals. Could have easily just talked about how excited he is. He could have taken all the attention there and said, yeah, this is, this is what I need to do down here to get back to major league soccer and get back with Columbus crew as soon as possible. Like he could have very easily taken that approach and really you can't really fault a guy for taking that approach. Um, but he did it. He, he brought up Colin Martin like right away and he, he deflected the spotlight and he put it on Colin Martin, who's been a huge part of this team this entire year, the amount of minutes he's played and the impact that he's had in the midfield. And then when we had the opportunity to chat it up with Alejandro Guido following the match after he scores two, he scores his first goals professionally in five years he easily could have just talked about that for the entire interview. And instead um, he decided to chat it up with Charlie Adams. So for me, like it was just such a rewarding week for not just the players, not just the coaching staff. I'm sure it was incredibly rewarding for, for the team itself, but for the supporters, for everyone who works for the team um, and for the new guys, I, I bet it's just really rewarding. And especially how rewarding must it be for Alejandro Guido uh, scoring those two goals professionally for the first time in quite some time back in San Diego. Yeah, and I think you raise an excellent point because we don't know what the future is going to be for John Kempen. He's the best goalkeeper in the USL, statistically. So that he missed a stretch of matches uh, certainly adds into the storyline when we write the postscript for SD Loyal's inaugural season. But I think your point is it's not that they brought these players in just so that you and I had something to talk about on the pre and post match show or that other people, the fair weather podcast or the locals podcast remain somewhat engaged here with all of these other things happening in the sports universe. They did that. Uh, I think also just to send a message to their own club and maybe to other players around the league, this is the kind of club it's going to be, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, we've got the best goalkeeper. We've got one of the stingiest defenses in the USL this year. What if we just got it a little bit of help and just 
see what happens, you know, see what happens with LA galaxy two and see what happens with orange County soccer club. Nothing you can do about Phoenix, but let's just, Hey, these guys have busted their asses all season long. Like let's not ignore that. I, I think, I think that's just a great message. Like I said, all around, I, you know, I really, I find myself having covered sports for so many years where teams do the complete opposite of what SD loyal just did. I really do. I give them a ton of credit and you know, maybe it's just a week. Maybe a reality hits them square in the jaw on Saturday night against Phoenix, but uh, they've, they've kept this thing going and you and I were there. You, we watched the club come off the field at the end of the match at full time. And Jordan, like, we were broadcasting, and it was freaking loud, man. Like, those SD Loyal players, I realize it's only the second win that we've seen at Torero Stadium. But, you know, that was a festival. That, I mean, those dudes were so fired up to beat Orange County in what was a very intense, physical, chippy match on a Saturday night. Like, that's a first for us. You know, we didn't see that level of – celebration after the draw March 7th, where the club made its debut. We didn't see that following the first win, which was a fun night beating Las Vegas lights, but man, we certainly had a chance to see the way these guys are still engaged and into it. It was just so loud after the match, man. Gosh, I wish the the fans could have been there to see it. Yeah. Um, It was the second loudest moment of the season to me. I think the second loudest moment of the season. The loudest moment is still when Landon kicked the boards at Orange County. That's still the loudest (laughs) moment of the season. But this was the second loudest moment of the season because you're completely right. Like, as soon as that final whistle went, and even though you knew what the decision was, you're already up a pair at that point. Um, You knew you were getting all three points. It was still a collective just scream that was probably heard throughout campus. Um, it was the loudest moment at Ferrero Stadium. Um, it, it meant the most. It, like, getting the win in L.A. was huge. It, it inspired. It, like, created confidence. But then beating, like, beating Orange County the way that they did, it was, it's, uh, it was a huge week. And I think um, part of the story, too, is, is we, we're all learning about the club. We're all learning about this league, uh, you and I specifically. We're learning a lot more about USL as we go on. We're learning more about the club because it's brand new. <laughs> Um, we see that they want to continue to compete. They're, they're building that culture. I think it is important to bring up um, something that we kind of referenced with Miguel Berry. He had a few options, you know, like he didn't have to come to San Diego. He, he can kind of, he has a, he, he's allowed to make that choice a little bit too. He gets a say in that. And he did have other options and you brought up the other options and the other options were right there on the field the other night. Um, <laughs> and to not only want to bring in, other players like Miguel Berry, like who doesn't want to bring in Miguel Berry? Like every single, every single team in USL wants to bring in Miguel Berry. That's not a, that's not like a shocking move. That's not like we just found this random player. Like everyone wants Miguel Berry. Of course he's, he's really, really good. He was just drafted number seven a couple months ago. Um, Alejandro Guido for LAFC. Like I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I can promise you he's good enough to be playing for several clubs. Like he's probably playing. I don't, I don't know. He's playing really, really well. Um, it's one thing to want those guys and to want to make that change. It's another thing to be actually be able to go out there and convince them and bring them in and, and convince them of what you're trying to build in San Diego and the culture. I think it's just a really good reflection, regardless of what happens here down the stretch. Um, the fact that they wanted to make those moves um, to really try to close this gap and put themselves in position to make some noise here in year one, where really they have like no business doing so. 
Like, I mean, could there be any more things stacked against this club in year one? <laughs> um, they have no business being in this position at all. So the fact that they wanted to do it, make the move, and the fact that they were able to make the move, I think tells me even more about the club and the desire of wanting to do it. The fact that they pulled it off, uh, that's, that's something different. I can't imagine that other clubs don't notice that, you know, that this becomes something that you say, okay, I'm not going to call my agent and tell him, Hey, uh, I definitely want to go play for SD loyal somewhere down the road, but I think you definitely tuck it away. And if you're a player that has these kind of options that we've now seen with Miguel Berry and Rubio Rubin and Alejandro Guido, you know, if you're somebody else out there at this level or at a different level, I don't know how you don't notice it. I also think, too, Jordan, just the very specific players, with all respect to uh, Tarek Morad, who we don't know. I mean, we just – you know, you and I, as we've talked about on the pre-match, post-match, we've covered Rubio Rubin. He's been a guest on this podcast. And Miguel Berry is somebody you were more familiar with than I was, but I I remember you bringing his name up when Loyal was building Team One. And, I mean, Alejandro Guido, for us – I mean, I mean, we've. I thought there was something so synergistic about Alejandro Guido, South Bay, knowing how important that is for SD Loyal, right? Like to have as many supporters as possible, but certainly to have you know, the heartbeat, el corazón, of our region's soccer fans you know, in South Bay. Have a kid from Modern Day High School who's played across the border in Tijuana who now plays for you know, what I would consider to be the, you know, the, the club, meaning his parent club, LAFC, you know, like you, you certainly look and go, wow, they just, they hit it bullseye every time. Everything LAFC has done from stadium to branding to players, like it's just, it's really, really gone well. They've invested well, they've invested a ton of money and it, it's paid off for them. And so to have him who has represented South Bay cross-border, how many people from San Diego, from South Bay particularly, like understand that cross-border life? And that's Alejandro Guido. To have played in Southern California for a team, a club like LAFC that's been embraced, it just it, it seems so natural you know, that he would have found his way to SD Loyal at some point. And my gosh, was he great on Saturday night. I mean, he was so good Wednesday. He was even better scoring a brace. That second chip... The goal he scored was just phenomenal. So I I just – I find there to be some things just so really spectacular about Guido being on this club at this time at 26 years of age, given where he's been, where he's played, and and who he represents. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. And he was just so – he was so calm and cool and collected with that chip shot, you know, like just – it was – there's a lot of chaotic moments in matches like that, and uh, it doesn't look like the chaos really gets to him. He seems like he's already pretty he's, – he's pretty mellow. He's, a, he's an easy guy to root for, Alejandro Guido. It was really fun being able to catch up with him and, and actually uh, interview him on the post-match show and everything. So if you, do, if you miss that, you can go back. You can check out SD Loyal's Facebook page and watch that video. We, we start with Guido. He comes right over, and he, he collects his beard. That's what we do on that, yeah. on that uh, post-match show, Darren. Score goals win beers it's what we do yeah i, I mean i don't uh, i think that's an amazing enticement too yeah i'm sure the <laughs> goal scoring thing and 
contributing to a huge, huge victory at home at Torero Stadium where you had to have it against whom you had to have it. I'm sure those things are exciting. But getting a chance to walk off set with a couple of bombers from Stone Brewing, that's it's not too shabby either. Yeah, it's a good addition to the prize. Um, definitely one of those matches where you're just like, you leave and you're like, ah, just why, why couldn't we have fans at this one? This one would have been absolutely buzzing. It would have been so good, but you wouldn't have been able to hear the collective roar from SD Loyal. Do you, I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, the players did scream pretty loud. You probably would have heard a little bit, but man, the, uh, the stadium would have been buzzing. And not only would it have been rocking, there would have been quite the road trip to Phoenix this weekend. So yep. it's another, yep, I've, I've, two, <laughs> it's another fun things. reminder, but it is a reminder. Yeah. I find myself saying two things. Too bad we couldn't have that type of energy, and Loyal certainly brought the energy itself. But why can't we have more? You know, like I just keep looking at at the schedule, you know, and the future fixtures list, and thinking to myself, "Gosh, is it only three? I mean, I I want to watch this club play more than the three scheduled matches that it has remaining." You know, I just find myself selfishly. I know I'm not alone. I just find myself saying that, oh, gosh, like somehow, some way, can we get some breaks here with Las Vegas doing our, us a huge favor this week? And I don't know, maybe scheduling friendly. I don't know. I just, I find myself really, really wanting to watch this group right now continue to play. But, you know, what we've got left is three, two of them against Phoenix. Nothing going to be easy. Their playoff odds, according to 538.com, have improved dramatically over the last week. I think it went from 1% to 12%. But uh, obviously, SD Loyal doesn't control its own destiny here. There's only so many points remaining. They can only get to 28. Orange County and Phoenix, or excuse me, Orange County and Los Dos can each get to a, a higher number than that. So... I wouldn't say impossible, not impossible at all, frankly, but they, they've, there's still some work to do. So, but I do, I find myself saying that a lot like, gosh, wouldn't we like to see that? Imagine if this were, and it's not, so it's just wasted energy, but imagine if this were 35 matches and you had this type of rhythm going, man, you'd feel really good about this club's chances. Yeah. Um, we talked about how loud the players were at the very end of that match. We also talked about how intense that match was, like just how intense it felt. Like even with just even walking into the stadium before the match even kicked off, we talked about it, like how there's, there was like a little bit of an energy. There was a vibe uh, at the stadium, just talking with everyone and just seeing how the players were interacting with one another. Um, it was really intense. Um, so I'm going to get to this halftime interview that I had with Landon Donovan because I wanted to bring that up. It's something we were going to talk about on the post-match show is how intense it was. And uh, so this interview, obviously, at halftime, we don't know the result yet. But and the very first thing I want to bring up is just the energy inside inside Torero Stadium, where it's San Diego against Orange County. Um, it felt like the birth of a rivalry. Like, it felt like the very beginning. We've had a few matches already with Orange County. But, like, Sunday night really felt like the beginning of that rivalry. Um, so I start with that. Here's Landon Donovan, halftime Torero Stadium, uh, before SD Loyal go on to knock out or – take down Orange County. Even without fans tonight, like, it feels really intense. Yeah, obviously it's a really big game. So both teams understand how important it is. And uh, that's why you see the emotion on the bench when 
Uh, he first wrongly called that penalty. But fortunately, he got it right. But um, this is our season. You know, if, if we lose this game, the season's over. So we're aware of that. What happened with the penalty? We just actually watched it. It should be a red card on their player. John what gets to it and clears it away, and then he kicks John. It should be a red card. What, what did they tell you when they took it away? Well, I think they just realized that they got it wrong. When Anytime a team and a bench and everyone reacts that strongly, you know you probably got it wrong. Okay. And then uh, quickly on Guido, just how much he changes what you guys do. He's just a quality player. And, uh, and now he's producing, too. So just game changing. All right. So he says it right there. The season's on the line. And they had to handle business. And that's exactly what they did. A lot on the line that week. And now it sets us up, Darren, for Phoenix. And the boys get a take a ride out to the desert and who knows what could happen out there. I'm expecting goals in this one. Uh, with just one uh, a, a shred of respect for Landon Donovan, I don't know that I told you this, but you know, the intensity, Jordan, actually started at about 5 o'clock or so. So there's a Starbucks in Linda Vista and it is tradition. Jordan and I usually stop there and grab some coffee, roll up the hill and you know, get set for whatever the match is and pre-match show and all that sort of stuff. And uh, as I was waiting for my uh, cappuccino with oat milk, I'm wearing my SD Loyal mask, like the good citizen that I am, concerned about others. And some dude walks in and he's wearing uh, Orange County shorts, Orange County Soccer Club shorts. And so uh, I mean mugged him through my mask, my loyal mask. And I sort of eyeballed him and he mean mugged me a little bit. And then he walked out of the Starbucks with his macchiato. So uh, it was on Jordan at about five o'clock. The tension you know, was there in Linda Vista <laughs> well before that match ever kicked off. So I just want to say we were tone setters down there at Starbucks getting our cappuccino with oat milk and our macchiato wearing our uh, respective club skier. So you're now, welcome, everybody. Did, did you throw your oat milk? Is that what you said, oat milk? Oat, yeah, I got a cappuccino with oat milk. Okay, did you throw your cappuccino with oat milk at this Orange County player? No, 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 I, I, I didn't go there. But uh, if he could have seen the scowl on my face under my SD Loyal mask, Ooh. I, I don't know that they even would have shown up at Torero Stadium. That's a good point. They probably would have just turned around. They should have just gone right back up the five. They probably man, should they're, have. They're, um, they're struggling, that, or that Orange County team. Man, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I don't feel bad for them. Um, nope. But they're struggling. That's one win in six matches. They are going the wrong direction at the wrong time. And yep. it's giving uh, uh, – it's opening the window a little bit. The window is cracking ever so slightly for SD Loyal. So they just got to keep handling business. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I don't know what to expect this weekend in Phoenix, but I, like I said, I, all of a sudden SD Loyal, really, 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 really good defense. And now they can score goals. That seems like a good combination to me. Yep, Orange County uh, losers of three straight and SD Loyal unbeaten in four straight. And that's back-to-back -back wins here. And this is the sort of stuff, again, that we haven't seen. Uh, a lot of attention, obviously, paid to what's changed here with regards to the goal scoring, but – we're, we're right to keep bringing it up. John Kempen is a fucking stud, and this back line just you know, continues. I know he didn't have to make save after save after save, but there's a reason for that. He organizes that back line. Elijah Martin, named to the USL starting 11 this week. Huge, well-deserved for him. Haven't you know, called his name all that much. Alejandro Guido, named to the USL starting 11 club of the week. Uh, Miguel Berry, 
I believe named as a substitute for the starting 11. So it was cool to see that also. You know, it was cool to see a little blend too. I thought Guido was a shoe in I wasn't sure if anybody else, you know, maybe Miguel Berry with a couple of goals, but Guido with a brace and an assist, which we haven't seen a lot of, but also Elijah Martin, man. Like that was really, really a very, very good call from whomever it is that names that starting 11 of the week. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I don't go back and watch the film the way coaches do to me from where I watched it. It felt like it was Elijah's best match of the season. He, um, he got the bear hug from Kempton at one point. So that's always good. And then he just had so many moments, so many big, big moments where it looked like he was saving goals, like impactful moments. Um, And they seem to come often with Elijah on Sunday night. So well-deserved. He obviously doesn't come up in the, in the score sheet with, uh, with Guido taking the brace, but he was a huge, huge part to San Diego's, San Diego's success on Sunday night. So yep. uh, I got say, to Las uh, Vegas and uh, go ahead. I was going to say, can, I, I know we're, we're going to move on to like player scenarios and all that, but I just want to make sure we, we save room on this podcast for what I consider to be absolutely huge, huge news for the United soccer league. And that is the official announcement that Oakland roots is joining the league. Man, uh, there's a reason if you go look it up, if you're new to the league, you will see a great, great video on Oakland Roots social media channels announcing the jump from NISA to USL. And it is so well done. And this is a story that is reported on by Sports Illustrated, Soccer America. I mean, all, all the publications, all the places that you would turn to for soccer news reported on Oakland Roots joining the USL. What an amazing addition for this league. Uh, Cannot wait to see them in 2021 playing at Torero Stadium, playing in Oakland. Uh, You know, this is one of the best branded clubs. This is a club that has absolutely crushed in Oakland in the community. Uh, There's a lot to love about this. I don't know how everybody feels that the ultimate goal and destination for these clubs is Major League Soccer, I would tell you that that's not the top of my priority list. I'm just wrapping my arms around having a local club for the first time in forever. But uh, Oakland Roots, what a great, great addition. I'm so excited about that today. They just, they represent everything that's great with club soccer in this country. You only hear positive things about this club. For as little as I know about them, I've heard a few things, and every single thing I've heard about them has been very, very positive. And yeah, so, I mean, like, it's, it's just it's it, a big it's news. much more than just the soccer team. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, thing. it's it, and it's just such great recognition. You know what I mean? Like, it's just great recognition for this league that you can see a video that's been retweeted however many hundreds of times. That, really you know, good video. Grant, yeah, Grant Wall. I mean, they just everything I've seen with them, uh, they nail it. And I feel bad for the NISA. I mean, I, f- I feel bad on on many levels for 1904 because this is the league that Oakland Roots was playing for. But I, I think it speaks very, very well of some of the stuff that's going on in USL, whether those are partnerships with Orange County and Rangers from Scotland or you know, some of the big names that we've seen jump into ownership, Didier Drogba a couple years back. There's a lot going on here. This league that signs a television deal, that's turning a profit, that's making a little bit of money. You know, the, the idea that there's going to be promotion and relegation from USL Championship to League One at some point, you know, a women's league. 
there's just, there's a lot happening here. And uh, a lot of credit, obviously, to the leadership of the league. But there's, there's a lot to like. I know it's not Major League Soccer, and people point that out all the time. There's just a lot going on in this league that I think is really, really exciting in the future. Yeah, uh, Oakland makes the league much, much better. That's a big welcome. Welcome, and uh, hopefully we, we get all our points against Oakland. But uh, welcome to the league, absolutely. Excited for them. I, you brought up playoff implications. I, I, I don't have a lot on playoff implications, but I, I have found this stream for uh, Los Dos in Las Vegas, Darren. I hope – I mean, we're huge Frank Yallop fans. We're uh, – we're, what, what's the supporters group for Vegas? The Electric Company, I believe. The I Electric that, Company, right? yeah. I yeah. Hope Who's I their mascot? Right. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash or whatever? Or Elvis? Yeah. Elvis. Yeah, Cash the soccer rocker. Me and him had some beef on Twitter <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> he didn't, I mean, yeah, he didn't show up to San Diego back on March 7th, and it wasn't because of COVID. Um, so they're, uh, they're scoreless. I'll, I'll, I'll happily take this scoreless all the way through. I won't <laughs> – I won't dive too much into this one because by the time people actually listen, we'll know the result. But this actually impacts playoff uh, for San yep. Diego. They're rooting for Vegas all week because they get L.A., they get Orange County, and then we'll see what happens Saturday when they take on Phoenix. But we'll see. You, you mentioned it earlier, 1% to 12%. That's the jump according to 538 playoff chances. That's a massive jump. Like that's, that's a huge jump because it wasn't just 1%. It was less than a percent. And for it to jump up to 12 based on the results a week ago, it just – it reflects how big of a week it was, how much was at stake, how much was on the line, and they got six out of six. And uh, that's your reward. You get 12% down the stretch, three to go. The other clubs have a few more matches than that, but who knows what's going to happen. Orange County doesn't look great. Um, Los Angeles looks inconsistent to me. Who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Vegas is getting better and better as the season goes on, so I think that's good news for San Diego. Um, I just love that everything's going to be on the line likely going into the final week. So, yep. That's, yep. that's kind of how I just picture it. That's my feel going in for these final three. Like I don't, I don't have the feel like, well, it's gotta be playoffs or bust Cause that's not going to be a successful season. Like I, I'm far from that. Um, I think we learned a lot about this team this year and a lot of positive things. So if yep. they get into the playoffs, anything can happen, but I love the fact that we're, uh, we're in it here down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And let's see what happens. I mean, Los Dos, as of the time of this recording, has two more matches left to play. So that's a pretty big deal for a club that's you know, just a point behind. So mm -hmm. obviously, with one match to go against them, you got to get all three, but also going to need a little bit of help. So you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see the way it shakes out. We'll see what sort of energy there is out there in the USL universe. Yeah. Um, Darren, uh, quickly, I, I do have a few things on Chelsea, if you're willing to hear it. Big one this weekend for Chelsea, Liverpool. Some are maybe saying this could be the best two teams in the league. Man <laughs> City fans, I don't know if you're going to be happy with that, but maybe these are the best two teams, I don't know. Chelsea looked absolutely terrible on Monday. I, I got Peacock. I downloaded Peacock and subscribed so I can watch Chelsea. They looked awful, and they won comfortably, so I think that's a good sign. But if they perform the way they did on Monday against Liverpool, I'm not expecting three points. I'm excited for Chelsea this season. It's uh, – they got a different vibe to them. I don't know if it's all going to come together this year. I think with the youth that they have and all the changes that they've had, um, it might take a little time for it to really get going and uh, for them really to be title contenders. But I don't know how far away they are from that. So um, I think Chelsea fans, very optimistic, very excited going into the season. 3-1 against Brighton and Hove. 
Seagulls on Monday. Like I said, terrible performance, but they win by two. So um, hopefully they're better against Liverpool. But exciting for Chelsea fans, I think, going into the season. Yeah, of which I'm not. So I will just strictly speak on behalf of Pulisic fans to say happy to see him wearing the number 10. Maybe one day, Jordan, he can go play for a bigger club. But in the meanwhile, we'll settle for him playing for either the second or third best club in England this season since uh, most preseason projections uh, tell you that it's going to be Liverpool. Not many Man City prognostications out there, you know, that, that city could find itself in that position. So are they going to be able to pick themselves up after uh, missing out on Messi? They're going to have to wait a little bit. I know there's still, there's a lot of confidence there that they're still going to get Messi, but hopefully, uh, hopefully not this year, pick themselves up off the mat. Not this year. There's not uh, that, that he's not going anywhere this year. That point has been made very, very clear and confirmed by his presence at the club. So, you know, that's, that's a wrap for 2020, 2021. Correct. So is this a, does it become an audition for Barca? Like how, give me an, a feel of what it is for Barca and Messi in this year. Is it, is it still a done deal that he potentially leaves just when, when the contract is, is over or is there a chance that you can convince him to stay long-term? It's just so political, you know, so much depends right. on what happens with the elections for the board, for the club president. And that's going to be in March. So oh, in the wow. meanwhile, he puts on a happy face and sees if he can figure out a way to coexist with Ronald Koeman. And they've brought in more attacking players. I don't know where they're going to play all these dudes, but uh, they have not quite yet addressed to me what ailed them from uh, the previous couple of seasons. So I, it looks good in pictures. He doesn't speak a lot, but when he does speak, people pay attention. That interview with Goal.com was amazing for Messi. And then he just absolutely mm-hmm. dropped bomb after bomb after bomb on this board and on the way the club had been run and good for him. And uh, talked about how the board president, Bartomeu, had stabbed him in the back and had reneged on a promise that he would allow him to go whenever it was that he wanted to go. So, no, uh, no hatchet has been buried. The only hatchet is Messi burying it in the club president's back. So, you know, I think that there's still – a lot happening. Are they going to get Memphis to pay? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of see. I mean, none of this really makes a ton of sense on paper for what it's going to look like. We won't see it this week. We'll see it the following week. So I don't know. But then again, it's not like Real Madrid has done anything. It's not like any club in Spain has really done much of anything. You know, Barca's mm-hmm. probably been the more active by subtracting Rakitic, trying to get rid of Vidal, trying to get rid of Suarez. Although good luck. Uh, they seem certainly determined to do so letting younger players play, but you know, it's not like Real Madrid has been out there picking up Mbappe or Neymar. So, you know, it, it could be a very, very flat year, year in Europe for the Spanish clubs, but uh, that could make it even more exciting, at least in terms of like the league itself. So who knows? He's messy. He's going to go out. He's going to play. He's, he's, you know, he's not going to, he's going to be the same guy. He's not going to track back and play any defense, but it's not really what he's doing there anyway. So, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like and see if the manager can last and, and just when I thought I was ready to see what life looked like beyond Lionel Messi, they can't uh, make that situation uh, clear up. So uh, I'm thrilled he's back, man. I'm thrilled I get to watch him in that gorgeous new kit for another season. But uh, I wouldn't bet on him staying. I don't know that I'd bet on him leaving. I think so much would just depend on what sort of success do they have, who's the next club president what does that mean for the uh you know for the sporting director what does that mean for the next manager is it his former teammate Xavi or you know is he just truly determined to leave at the end of the season so who knows you know we've seen him retire from his national club 
We've seen him draw a line in the sand and say he's not coming back and playing anymore for Barca, the only club he's ever known. So uh, he's one who uh, occasionally changes his mind, Jordan. Yeah. Well, Darren, as you know, I'm a romantic. I want him to stay at the same club his entire career. I want him to stay at Barca. That's where, that's where my head's at, so I'm glad that he's coming back. I don't, I, in a completely different realm, Gareth Bale leaving Real Madrid for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I don't know if that's official. I saw those reports like a few hours before we started recording this, so if it's wrong, whatever. But let's uh, – did you see that, Gareth Bale to yeah. Tottenham? Okay. I didn't see it official. I saw BN report that. It was being reported. So, you know, oh, okay. reports about reports – which is always the sort of – and it's going to last for a little while, too. I mean, you're already playing, and the transfer window is, is wide open here for another couple of weeks. So we're going to have to – like, you know, I'll take Crystal Palace, right, my side piece. You know, like I'm watching Wilfred Zaha score. I'm like, well, I thought he was definitely gone from the club. But, you know, I'm sure maybe they've already sold him but don't want to announce it because they're negotiating another player. Like there's so much happening, I think, that the public probably doesn't even know on some of these transfers – players that have already been sold and prices have been struck, but you have to wait because you might need a substitution or how to spend the money and nobody wants to know, or nobody wants to release the information about how much money you have to spend. So I mean, it's a big clusterfuck right now in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Plus I'm sure this whole like pandemic isn't making it any easier yeah. for a lot of these people to start switching clubs and moving right. around and especially and, and, and there's no, no way it makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially, you know, having to take the financial hit, whatever it was, and then projecting out more financial hit and financial uncertainty with you know, not knowing when you can get supporters in. You didn't have the time to travel around the world like your club does and my club does and go to Asia or come to the States and add that kind of money into your, into your uh, bank account. So, yeah, man, like, uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? It'll be easier once we get to October just to see what everything looks like. Yeah, I'm really excited for Tottenham fans to have Gareth Bale back because there really just hasn't been a lot of positive news with Tottenham at all. Like Jose is no. just ripping apart his players already. Um, <laughs> Television. No one's really expecting it to go well. No one's even watching that all or nothing, whatever it's called. Yeah. No one's watching it. They're ripping that apart as much as Jose's ripping apart his club. It's nice like Gareth Bale can come back and like deliver another Carling Cup to Tottenham. <laughs> really <laughs> so condescending <laughs> i just looked up gareth bale's uh trophy cabinet and there's a lot of real madrid trophies and i'm looking there's a carling cup in 2008 so look out spurs fans he's coming home yeah and all the uh all or nothing show is just giving you so much uh, jose Mourinho new uh pictures to pass around on twitter which you know i can never get enough of it's like sort of telling jokes about uranus the planet never mm -hmm. doesn't make you laugh all these jose Mourinho pictures and images <laughs> that you now pick up from all or nothing like it it never fails to to make me laugh just how many different ways he can contort his face and how perfect they are for every situation that Tottenham finds itself in. Yeah. And Man City supporters think we only make fun of Man City on this podcast. Please. Um, <laughs> the score, I don't know if you see this Vegas score, but Vegas is up on Los Angeles right now. They're up one nothing in the 27th minute. So that's a boy. That is a great, great start. You also, before we say goodbye, Darren, you referenced Burhalter, and I heard that. I, didn't, I wasn't able to respond to it. Greg Burhalter taking a shot at Chelsea and like Christian Pulisic maybe one day can go on to play for like Barca or Madrid or Bayern Munich, like a really, really mega club or something. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, just fuck, like, get your relationship right with Pulisic. Just shut up for Halter. Like, I can't 
stand. I just can't stand everything about a lot of things with the U.S. men's national team, and he's one of them. So, just yeah, I mean, hey, Greg, not, how it's about not you a surprising that, comment, I guess. Yeah. I mean, hey, Greg, how about you prove, Greg, with three Gs, that you can uh, manage you know, somebody other than uh, Giassi's artists? You know, you've got yeah. players all over Europe right now from Pulisic to uh, Weston McKinney, who's fucking playing for Juventus. And, you know, Conrad De La Fuente, uh, Serginho Dest, who might be end up on bars. Like, gosh, I hope that happens. And you've got players at some of the biggest companies. Like, how about you prove you can manage them, you know, before you go ahead and start talking about other clubs? Eh, kind of a goofball. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Pulisic's getting – I feel like Pulisic's in a pretty good spot with Chelsea, you know? Like, I feel like he's finding success when he is healthy. You know, he was injured a lot last year, missed some time. But when he was actually yeah. out there – he was playing. He was making an impact. Um, I mean, you could find if you want Christian Pulisic to go to like Bayern Munich's bench or something like that. Feel free, but I think he's actually in a good spot with Chelsea. Yeah. So I, I didn't get it. I didn't US, understand that line from Berhalter at all. U.S. fan, I'm I'm supportive of it. My wife just texted me from upstairs and asked me to bring wine to the table. Okay. All right, go bring wine. Oh, we haven't eaten yet. Jesus. Okay. Um, well, I'll see you Saturday. Are we going to Phoenix? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. There was some chatter about us doing the show from Phoenix. So I don't know, man, you're the one that's got to change diapers. I I don't know, but there was a little bit of chatter about that. No, I heard chatter. I heard chatter. Did you hear chatter? I heard chatter. I definitely heard chatter. chatter. There was chatter. We'll see. We'll see if the chatter turns into reality on Saturday night, where it's only going to be 103 at kickoff. I did look that up just in case we got that call. (laughs) Well, it's cooler than where I live. Um, All right. Well then, I will, uh, I will see you Saturday either way, Darren. Maybe we'll be at Stone. Maybe we'll be in Phoenix. Who knows? Stay tuned. Uh, we got to give thanks. Three, three Punk Ales, also Spore Clips, where it is good to be a guy. And, uh, yeah, Saturday, big one. Got to get a win. But hopefully Vegas helps us out this week, huh? Either way, 7 o'clock, SD Loyal Facebook page. We'll see you there.